0: Hi Jeff Hopkins, how are you doing?
1: Good, Alex, how are you?
2: I'm really excited and I'm super extra excited because we have a third head in our Zoom space today.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah, we will we will be introducing her shortly. Um, I'll just kick it off with introducing myself. I'm Alex Bantall and um, this is School of Thought podcast, School of Thought Victoria a podcast where we talk about the way education is shifting for um, to suit Uh, young people better as the 21st century unfolds. And I'm sitting with Jeff Hopkins, who's the principal educator at the Pacific School of Innovation and Inquiry here in Victoria. Um, And Jeff, you've walked the gamut of all educational roles throughout your career, Um, superintendent, teacher, counselor, all of these things, and have created this incredible school, which our guest is going to tell us a little bit more about today um so yeah so welcome it's uh welcome listeners and watchers it's uh we are recording in march now although the shows are evergreen but it's beautiful day with birds and flowers outside because of course it's victoria so flowers happen here earlier than anywhere else so it feels like a good day to be gathered
1: i think it's good i think the flowers couldn't couldn't help but make our conversation better
2: right (laughs) so who are we sitting here with this this Charming young, orange-hatted person.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's my pleasure to introduce. So this is Ava Clark. Um, Ava uh, is in her final year at PSII at school um, and it's just her second year here. She joined us in her grade 11 year, um, uh, came to us from uh, Vic High most recently, um, but has been in a few different places (laughs) uh, and provinces. But um, the reason we thought it would be fun to invite Ava we're just, we're just because she's got a perspective of um, different ways of doing school and mm-hmm. recent perspectives and has an interest in that as well. So um, we were talking and then thought, hey, this would be a great, a great way to ask Ava some questions kind of on the record. So um, welcome Ava, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Today.
0: Thank you. Um, I think I should probably give a bit of context uh, to the kind of school systems that I've been in. Um, so I spent most of my life Um, in Alberta, and I was in the French Immersion System in public school in Alberta, Um, and so throughout my high school experience, I spent the first half of grade nine in a linear school system, and then I moved here rather abruptly from Alberta, and I spent the last half of grade nine in a semestered high school. Um, It was a very, a pretty dramatic change uh, because I was going from being taught um, everything by one person to being taught multiple things by multiple different people Um, and then I spent grade 10 at Vic High um, as well and I was not learning very much. Um, I quite liked the, the school environment, the community there but I wasn't learning very much I was not engaged in what I was learning at all and I was having a very very hard time especially with a few teachers and my mom noticed and she eventually was like okay I think something here needs to change um and so she started looking at other schools and um I almost went to Saint Margaret's school for girls um and then they found Psy which I think my mom originally thought was like some kind of STEM school, <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so they looked into more. and then um, they sent me there for grade eleven and grade twelve. And it's been much better for me. And I really could not imagine being at Vic High still right now.
1: Well, good. So it sounds like it was a good, a good decision. That's very yeah.
2: Nice. Wow! Yes, now sure. I'm bubbling over with questions. Can I go? Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, I knew you
1: would be. I knew you would. <laughs>
2: of course. So, Eva. Um. Oh, first of all, you're from Alberta, and so am I. So, where where are you from? Uh, Lacombe,
0: Alberta. Okay, that's
2: South Alberta, isn't it?
0: Central Alberta. Uh, it's between Edmonton and Calgary.
2: Okay. Yeah. So, mm. I I grew up in Calgary, and that was where I taught first. I taught uh, at uh in an elementary school in Calgary. Mm. So. And you said you moved here abruptly. Was there some important context
0: around the move? Um, I ran away from home when I was 14. (laughs) I did. Yeah, Uh, it's a very long story. So I didn't really want to get too much into it. But I, uh, I moved at the end of January. And then just because of the kind of situation I was in, I wasn't able to enroll in school here until I was here. So I spent like a week and a bit, just not doing anything. Like I was, I wasn't in school here. I didn't know anyone besides my family. Um, it's pretty odd. And then I started at Vic High um, a week or so after the first semester had started. So it was quite, it was an interesting transition into high school for me.
2: Yeah, definitely. Well, and you said you'd, you'd sort of started in a linear system. Yes. finished it off in a semestered system. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So that's that but and you said you weren't, I I got a couple of questions around why you weren't learning very much like you said you weren't engaged. How did you even know that you know, what was informing you that you were not connecting?
0: Um, well, I, I can remember like, from a pretty young age, in school, and there would be subjects that I was really, really interested in, and I would have a very easy time like learning all of that. Um, And there were some subjects that I just had to force myself to do. I just didn't really like it. I wasn't very interested in it, or it wasn't being taught to me very well. Um, And I think I've always like preferred learning at my own pace. But in the public education system, you can't really do that. Like you're going at the same pace as everyone else. Um, Yeah, I think it was It became pretty apparent to me in grade 10 that what I was learning was not very relevant to anything I was interested in. And I didn't feel like I was learning anything that would actually help me in life. And I was always one of those kids who grew up having no idea what they wanted to do. I, I was never like, I'm gonna be an astronaut. I'm gonna be a doctor. I'm gonna do this for the rest of my life. Like I never really knew what I enjoyed because I was never put into an environment where I was able to figure that out. Um, yeah, but I remember being in grade six and I really loved uh, space and my teacher taught it for like a week or two and they were like, oh, we're done with this now. And I was so disappointed because I wanted to keep learning about it and I just wasn't able to. So when I look back at my like my years in the public school system like there were a lot of signs that I wasn't really engaged in what I was learning.
2: Yeah so and you know as soon as Ava was talking about that unit in grade six where she loved space Jeff I'm thinking about how how your school uh you know shifts the paradigm so that yeah once a learner sort of figures out what they're really um, keyed into they can go deep right
1: yeah it's pretty funny i know that the biggest shift for most people is that we start everybody who's new off with like show, talking about asking questions that become the the basis of your your inquiries and for a lot of people this is like what <laughs> and then and some people have questions but they don't they don't believe that they're really allowed to do that. They sort of like they think it has to be something that the teacher's leading, or there's going to be like the the other shoes going to drop pretty quickly after that to show you, okay, here's the limitations. And It's like, nope, that's really it. You can really do that, and it's a little bit of a shock. And and I know that it, like as Ava mentioned, it's a, you know real when you start, it's really bizarre. It takes a little while to kind of figure it out. Um, but it's it's nice because if you like space do space and you can do you can find you can use space as a context to do all the things that we are required to do to graduate in bc um but you can kind of find your own way through it which is lovely
2: so ava was it um did it feel kind of bizarre like when you first you started at sci in grade 11 correct yeah yeah okay did it feel so strange to be coming into this school and being like having this freedom to explore what you wanted to Yes,
0: I, it was really, really odd to me. And even like, I was very, very excited to start. And I, like, I didn't understand entirely how the school worked, but I was still very, very excited to start. But it did take me a while to shift out of the kind of thinking I had been taught throughout my whole life that like, other people ask questions, and you answer them. And instead, At PSY, I ask questions and I answer them and teachers kind of help me ask, or teachers will ask more questions to help me answer the original question. Um, And I I just feel like I'm actually learning things, but it definitely took me a while to adjust, yeah.
1: It's funny because I can sort of remember when that, watching that shift happen and and sort of seeing a person who you know wasn't particularly thrilled about the place for a little while and then um you know some when you started to take over like sort of take the agency i guess take on some stuff yourself it looked like it became more fulfilling i always think about the dark room <laughs> mm-hmm. i don't know if you want to talk about that but like we have a dark room now because of ava
2: <laughs> oh this is ava who has brought the dark room into size world okay ava i would just like you to know that jeff has referenced the dark room in three of our podcasts so <laughs> significant thing okay well
0: do you want to tell us a little bit about
2: how that came to be
0: sure um so in grade 10 i took black and white film photography 11 i think it was um i'd always been really interested in photography i grew up with my mom taking photos all the time but um buying a digital camera was really expensive and so I took a lot of photos on my phone and then at Vic High I was able to experiment with film I was like this is really really cool and I like instantly fell in love with the medium like just the whole process was really hands-on and it was really just enjoyable from beginning to end and then I switched to Psy and there wasn't a dark room and I was like man that kind of sucks and Mm -hmm. then I I think I proposed the idea to Jeff of like building a dark room, and he was like yeah why not yeah. and so <laughs> uh in September we got a um a we rented a space in the building that the school's in and Jeff was like okay here's a bunch of supplies that was donated to us by a photographer in the city I don't remember their name um and so I started looking at the supplies that we had a lot of it was really, really old. And I started experimenting with things to figure out what worked and what didn't, figuring out what we needed. Um, I, knew, I knew like enough about film photography, but a lot of what I learned was just through research and trial and error mostly. Um, like I, I taught myself how to um, mix chemicals and develop film and make prints and then I've taught a few other students at school, how to do this whole process as well. And the dark room is like my little baby now.
2: That is super cool. I, I wanna ask, um, and Jeff, you will have um, answers as well, I think on this one, but, um, you know, I think people who are watching slash listening are wondering, okay, you know, this is one of your inquiries, Ava, tell us how, like, how can you, how do you use, how are you, how are you meeting curriculum objectives through your inquiry into photography?
0: I think Jeff is the better person to answer that question. He's like, good at this. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this, yeah. I think the students at school um, are encouraged to focus more on learning what they want, and then it's more of the teacher's responsibility to ensure that that is meeting graduation requirements.
2: Well said. Okay, good. Now with that yeah. framework, yeah, Jeff, how can Ava use? This exploration to, you know, like enrich her own learning, but of course, we've always got that thing about curriculum hanging over our heads.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I mean, Ava's right. We we try and keep that invisible because we we know that the minute we start talking about the curriculum, inquiry just stops dead in its tracks usually, um, or it really slows down. Um, ironically, curriculum is almost like the enemy of learning. It's like really, it's problematic. Um, so anyway yeah so um i I think the the darkroom specifically i mean some of it is just photography like there are photography courses there's independent directed studies courses that allow you to go deeper into an area beyond the bare you know the curriculum as it is which is usually a pretty pretty quick zip through introductory things at the high school level but ava's gone a lot deeper than that Mm -hmm. um there's the art aspect of it there's the um you know teaching other people there's a you know there's a language aspect to that there's um even the from the competency point of view the personal planning the critical thinking the um even the management of like what's the best what's the best way to go about doing this um the cooperative part like sharing a dark room it's a small room and different people have different ways of using small spaces don't they Ava so so they uh, sure
0: just,
1: do <laughs> there's the sort of the negotiation with people this the the softer sort of the what we call soft skills of that is actually part of the curriculum but Rarely gets touched in a very um, meaningful way. You'll often, you know, have a unit about someone will say, "Here's how. Here's a way you can talk to people." But here it's like, why don't you actually try and make something that doesn't exist and then try and share it with people? Then you'll learn how to talk to people. Um, so yeah, so some of the really obvious curriculum and then some some of the curriculum that's actually there and has been there for a long time, but that we don't often do a very good job of.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the um, kind of biggest thing I took away from, um, organizing the darkroom was just learning how to learn. Like, I, I learned so much from the research that I did, learning what information is useful and what isn't, and then taking that information and actually applying it to what I was doing. Um, and then also, like, teaching people is a huge thing, and, most people my age don't teach other people how to do things. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I really enjoyed teaching people. And then I think through teaching, I was also able to like solidify my understanding of the subject a lot better.
2: That's true. I mean, one of the adages out there about teaching is that you don't really know something well until you have taught it. And Jeff, you know, you're nodding. And it is true. I find that once you... And that is, a, that is a powerful tool for, you know, even when I was um, working in the classroom, you know, having one learner teach another learner or something really helps them sort of anchor it into their own mind. Ava, um, uh, do you want, I want to ask you um, about other current inquiries, like, did you start off with the darkroom one and then broaden from there?
0: Um- well, I started off with the dark room at the beginning of the year. And then right now I'm doing like completely different things. <laughs> um, uh, in November, I think I organized a digital youth art market uh, called Made. Um, and I taught myself how to make a website.
2: Uh, time to plug the website. Tell us the URL.
0: <laughs> uh, go to youthartmarket.com. Youthartmarket.com. Um, yeah there's work from I think I have not counted recently but I think it's over 16 artists now um and there's over 100 products on the site um, so I've organized a system for artists to bring their work in and then for uh, me to put it up for sale and we um, organized a uh, storefront window display downtown Um, showcasing some of the products that were on the website. Yeah.
2: Wow. That's huge. So, and, and in, in that inquiry, like you said, you, you've created a a way for people to bring their art uh, in and to get it out into the world. You also Mm -hmm. built a website. What other things had you, uh, did you add into that bucket of learning? What about, Um, well, to get into that? Pardon? Did you have to get into
0: e-commerce? Yes. <laughs> oh, God. I'm still, like, learning quite a bit about that. Um, yeah, so I'm running a shop. Um, I've learned a little bit about graphic design and making the website look nice. Um, and then kind of organizing all of these artists and their products, figuring out how to actually kind of deliver or ship them to people or organize Pick up Like there was a lot of um, little details to sort out that I didn't even know I would have to sort out until I had already started this whole process. Um, yeah, I learned how to work with a lot of other people learned how to um, kind of organize myself, I guess, and sure. I, yeah, I'm playing a leadership role, although I don't really like that kind of term.
1: Too bad, too bad you don't like the term because that's what it is. Um, <laughs> yeah. I saw your little quotation marks there. That was nice. Um, it's funny. I was I was mentioning to Ava while she was doing this. Like I, I showed her like this much about website, like kind of WordPress website, bought a domain, did a few things together and then away she went. And it's a pain, it's a bit of a painful process learning how to make a website. And um, But it's important to know when people say, oh, just, you know, put it on the web, just go, you know, make have a digital market. That's really hard to do. And then, you know, hooking it up to, you know, to a bank account and making sure all the products, you know, deplete your inventory as they're bought. And like, there's a lot of things to think about. Um, I was just saying to Ava the other day that there's a, I heard on CBC that there was a Euclid, the town of Euclid has um, got a big grant and they've spent like a year putting together exactly the same thing that Ava put together herself. Um, And they haven't launched it yet. And it's supposed to be launched in April. And it's to, you know, to be able to allow artists in the area sort of Tofino-Ukula area, um, put their goods up and have them you know digitally marketed because of, you know, during the pandemic when it's hard for people to, to go to see people face-to-face and sort of joking about it. Like, you know, we didn't really spend any money on it at all except for like, I don't know, four ninety nine to buy the domain name or something like that. <laughs> and um, and um, the rest of it was just, you know, learning on the go. And like like Ava said, not knowing, not learning all about it ahead of time. Because sometimes in school we teach everything hypothetically. Let me yeah. say, okay, now go apply it somewhere. It's like, why? Why not just apply it somewhere and learn mm-hmm. it, not hypothetically? And so that so that's you know you end up with a minimum minimally viable product pretty quickly. And then that and Ava in this case took it well beyond minimally viable. But it's a um, good way to learn.
2: So Ava, tell me, how do you use your teachers for for an inquiry like that? Like, you know, you've got these adults who are available and ready to help. What what was your, you know, how much did you bring them in and, and uh, what was that process?
0: Yeah, so I would say that I meet with one or two teachers like once a week, um, but then I also kind of bother them throughout the day as things come up. Um, so I I teach myself a lot of things. Um, and then throughout that process, when I don't know how to do something or I can't find an answer, that's when I usually turn to a teacher. Um, and the, they are usually able to kind of provide some resources for me to look at, to help me solve that problem myself, or um, they will provide the, an- like the answer if they need to, um, and if I have absolutely no clue. Um, but I think the teachers, all the teachers at school do a pretty good job in like asking questions to encourage me to think more for me to solve the problem or find a solution myself which is a good skill to learn I think
2: yeah it's almost like a coaching thing right rather than being the people who always have the answers Um, which, you know, Jeff, you and I have talked a lot about how the teachers, sometimes the learners are way beyond, you know, where the teachers are at with their, with the depth of their competence. Mm -hmm. Um, But actually, you know, having that person to sort of yeah, like Ava, you're saying, you know, reform like shape a question and ask you back, you know, so that mm-hmm. it like you have a more structured way to approach the problem that you didn't have before that you don't necessarily have the answer. and then off you can go and do more research.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That's cool. Um, I want to ask, um, why, I, well, jeff, did you did you get in touch with the people from yoululit and suggest that maybe, Ava could teach them a thing or two?
1: (laughs) No, but I haven't. That's actually a good idea. Ava's got a few other things on the go right now. Uh, Like that website is now also in the rear view mirror to some degree because it's got Mm -hmm. other things going on. But, uh, you know, there you go. That that could be your first um, kind of post-school entrepreneurial gig is you could be like a municipal advisor for digital marketing because, you know, they still haven't got theirs up and running. They started in, I think it was (laughs) August or or july they actually had their group together to make it and a bunch of money they had like a like quite a bit of money so
2: i don't know (laughs) you could be a consultant ava i don't
0: know made is not perfect but i considering i did most of the work in like a month and a half just by myself i'm
2: i'm proud of what i've done and so what are you into now like made is in the rearview mirror and the dark room is all established (laughs) now what
0: so many things um I've, I've come to the conclusion that I have good ideas and I really like trying to, um, improve things, solve problems through creation. Um, so right now I'm making an app or starting to make an app and I don't want to talk too much about it because I don't want anyone to take my idea. Um, but it is going to, uh, the ultimate goal is that it will improve people's lives. Just like a little bit, Um, and I'm designing a sound sculpture, a public sound sculpture. Um, So it will be a sculpture that you can walk into, and it's going to be powered by wind. So as the wind blows in from different directions, it will be triggering sensors that will play sounds from cities around the world. So it'll be like kind of an 80% auditory experience and like a 20% visual experience. Um, I'm wanting there to be some lights inside that um, represent the quality of daylight in that place as you're hearing that place, if that makes sense. Um, Yeah, so if you're hearing um, sounds from Tokyo, then you might also see the quality of daylight in Tokyo. So if it's um, rainy there, the lights might be really, really dim. Um, And then if you are hearing sounds from El Paso because the wind's blowing in from the south, then it might be really, really bright because it's sunny there
2: yeah that is very interesting is that something that uh you would you would look to our friends at limbic media for some yeah yes yeah <laughs> thing, thing that's cool so um and jeff just jump in and interrupt whenever you want to add because i know you've got you've probably got numerous things to ask or say but eva i want to ask you you said you you like to improve things or sort of solve them through creation do you remember when you figured that out, or do you remember what brought you to being able to figure that out? Mm,
0: I realized more this year that I do really enjoy like solving problems, improving people's lives to some degree, and I think that um, I have good ideas for things to make to do that. Um, and I realized it at some point this year, I don't remember when exactly, um, but I think just being in an environment where my interests are encouraged mm-hmm. and they're supported is like huge. Like that, that is just huge. And that was so impactful for me. Mm-hmm. Like if I was at Big High right now, I would have no idea what I wanted to do. I'd have no idea what I was interested in because I'm just learning what everyone else is and it's information that's not really like applicable to life nowadays. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm gaining skills right now at Psy that I wouldn't have anywhere else. And I feel like I have an advantage over my peers because of that.
2: I agree. Jeff, talk about that a little bit. Like, I, I really, it's coming home today when I'm listening to Ava and thinking about the other um, people in other schools who are doing what the rest of the pack is doing. Like, how is this positioning Ava and her peers differently?
1: I think really differently I mean I know some people I think we miss the forest for the trees in education like we worry about the minutiae of a curriculum assuming that that curriculum is going to provide the foundation that people need to be able to you know kind of go on from there and, and that's true to some extent but there's lots of ways to get at those details rather than sort of saying I will plan the sort of the sequence that that's going to take place and you know what order and do everybody at the same time you know like this wind sculpture just for example like in it is there's design process there's planning, we met with a city councilor, we met with Limbic Media, we looked at how they, you know, they're, uh, Ava's gonna be using a Raspberry Pi and programming in Python and she's, uh, so like there's, there's coding, you know, she's never done that before. So there's a whole bunch of things that could be courses, like you could take a programming course and you could take a business course and you could take a, you know, urban design course, but you're doing all of those things within an area of interest. So, you know, okay. the motivation is built in, the readiness is there because you're doing it because you came up with it. So you're ready. Um, and it, I don't know, it's just, for us, it's it's easier to go with things that people have indicated that they're ready and wanting to do. Why not? Um, even little things like um, we just recently, the other day we did a, a Gantt chart together, which is just a kind of a, I don't know, long-term project planning kind of mechanism. When you have a lot of things going on, a lot of plates spinning, it's good to have something that allows you to have a visual image of, am i doing when how many things have i got stacked up in a day so they don't like i don't want to overdo it um how do i how do i know i'm actually going to get these things done um just it's just a little tool that again not in the bc curriculum not mentioned anywhere but in this case for for ava because of the way she works having one you know really makes sense so i don't think it would be fun for me to say it's gantt chart class and we're going to show everybody i do Gantt chart um (laughs) but for ava right now it's a really important um a really important tool Another person who actually Alex, we both know, and actually Ava knows now as well. Um, somebody sort of business person in the community, um, highly sought after consultant with of a lot of businesses in town here, um, and government we, and we other can people. Give him
2: a shout out. We can give him a shout out. We'll say his name, Peter Elkins. Yeah, An Peter Elkins.ca, I think.com. Yeah, Peter
1: Elkins.ca. Elkins.
2: Overrun with yeah, Googling. <laughs>
1: There we go. Oh, he's just going to be so mad now. But (laughs) anyway, it'll be good for the stats on the website. (laughs) But yeah, Peter Elkins, uh, a wonderful person. Um, If you're in Victoria, you probably, you may not have ever heard of him, but you probably have experienced something that he's had something to do with making successful. Um, Anyway, so Ava sort of realized that her life is may very well not be, um, you know, it might just be completely personalized. It could be sort of a serial entrepreneurship kind of, Making things that make the world better, and that's not kind of a career in the national occupation classification index. Yeah. So, talking to someone like Peter, who kind of lives that in that world and lives in the world with people like that, um, he came in and we had a chat. And you know that that wouldn't be up everyone's alley, but it's what Ava needs right now.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So really, really tailored to your path and tailored to your needs. Uh, and that's, you know, you're saying that that's something you wouldn't have been able to access in the traditional system.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the the biggest thing I think that I've learned at SAI is just learning how I learn best, mm-hmm. which is a skill that will help me for the rest of my life. And I know so many other people like my age, um, you know, in public school, and they just aren't really learning how they learn best, and they are just kind of doing Things um, the same way that their peers do, for the most part, and it's just kind of sad to see that they aren't able to. I guess learn that. Yeah, well,
2: and when you say you you're learning how you learn best, what what have you learned about that? Like, what what works for you?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely hands on work, mm-hmm. trial and error, just doing things and seeing what that does. A lot of me making my website was just like, okay, if I put this here, what does that do? How does that affect these other things? Um, And then, you know, deleting work if I have to. Um, Yeah, definitely a lot of hands on work, and just doing things rather than thinking about doing it, which is I think what I did more at Vic High.
2: (laughs) Right? Yeah. And that abstract sort of takes a uh, takes longer to yeah, when you're learning about things in the abstract, you can't actually see whether it's gonna work for you or whether, you know, where your hiccups are until you actually, until the rubber hits the road and you apply the learning. So I you kind of skip over all that abstract stuff and go straight to the trying stuff out on the road.
1: I think what's helpful about that too is that um, when when you, like a website's a good example, there's certain things that um, some people can figure out really quickly and other people can't and vice versa. So when, you know, when, when any, we've helped a lot of people do websites and some people are just like, I, I don't, I don't know how to like edit text. And then other people are like, I got that part. And then they're more like, show me how to put things where I want them on the page. And, um, so when you're teaching something in an abstract, you don't know what people are going to know how to do and not know how to do yet because and they don't know either. So you yeah. teach them everything, you teach them every single thing, but probably, I don't know, 50% of that probably you don't need to teach directly like that because they can already do it, but they don't know that because they've never yeah. done it. So yeah. it just feels like a really backwards way to try and guess what you think people are going to need rather than saying, why don't we just wait and find out what people need.
2: So Ava, I want to ask you like, um, okay, you were at SCI last year and you're at SCI this year and like, these have been odd years because we've had this, you know, total disruption of the social order with the pandemic. Yeah. Um, but Sai among, you know, of all schools probably was able to roll with the punches more easily. Mm -hmm. You are in your grade 12 year. And so this is usually the time when adults start laser focusing on people like you and saying, what are you going to do after this year? Mm -hmm. So how has Sai shaped those thoughts for you?
0: A good question. Um, Like I've realized more I've realized at Psy what I am good at and what I want to learn Mm. and what I want to do because I actually enjoy doing it. Um, And I've um, come to the conclusion that I'm a very creative person. Mm. I always have been, didn't always know that, um, but I've realized recently that I'm a creative person. I like making things um, and I like helping people. And so. Uh my ideal career is not really like an actual career. Um my dream is to just own a creative studio in Amsterdam ideally um where I'm able to just take an idea and make something happen with it and be able to work with other creative like-minded people. Um so I've applied to Emily Carr. Um I'm hoping to go there and uh, do either their industrial design course or um, I think it's like an interdisciplinary design course. Um, so I'm hoping to kind of gain some skills there. Um, but I definitely think I will be doing more entrepreneurial stuff.
2: Yeah, that's great. Yeah. But you said Amsterdam and you seem super clear on this. So where does yeah. this come from? <laughs>
0: I just I just love the place. Uh, Mm -hmm. I've been fortunate enough to go there twice um, Mm -hmm. for short periods of time and there's just so much kind of happening there. Mm -hmm. Um, A few months ago I was actually looking at the just kind of creative jobs that were available there and they were like quite diverse. There was a lot of job opportunities there that I haven't seen here. Um, And they just seem to be more advanced with uh, like career related things from what I know. And I just, I just love the place.
2: Wow, that's very cool. Um, Jeff, I wanna ask you, you know, Ava was talking about um, the fact that she sort of knows what she wants to do, has more clarity on what she's good at. I mean, of course, as you grow, Ava, you'll discover that you're good at this and good at that. And that will that list will keep growing. Um, but Jeff, talk a little bit about how, um, you know, so many of your learners do end up finding their entrepreneurial streaks, hey? So tell, tell yeah. us a little bit about that.
1: Well, it's funny. It's like when I was listening to Ava talk, I'm sort of thinking about how many people have had a, even had a solid direction in mind. Um, they come here, we mess them up. Um, and then they, <laughs> they well, usually betrayed. what happens is they, they discover something about themselves or they get a chance to explore a part of themselves that they've really never had a chance to kind of dig into before. And they go, mm-hmm. huh, I really like that. Um, didn't even know, didn't even know that was a thing. Um, and then they either, you know, kind of change career tack or their career becomes one that is one that you, it doesn't exist yet. It's not a, it's not a career path that you could sort of name. Um, it's very personalized. And so that entrepreneurial, you know, spirit kind of comes out when people have um, a better sense of themselves. So, you know, like the self becomes the the foundation for what the career is, as opposed to a career goal that's sort of predetermined. And then you kind of try to change yourself to fit it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the entrepreneurial thing is really just like saying, I kind of know what I want to do. And so I'm just going to like do that. Um, it, whatever that, whatever that might look like, whatever that means.
2: Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, um, it's possible for young people to do that when they're coming from the mainstream system. However, they're kind of swimming upstream to do that. Whereas at SAI, uh, in a in a fully personalized inquiry based school, at least you're surrounded with peers who are taking those risks and engaging in those kind of, uh, like Jeff, I forget what the words were, but they're, they're like, you know, careers that haven't even been invented yet right? That must be a very encouraging environment, Ava, for for you. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I think if I was, if I was at any other school right now, and I was like, oh, I really enjoy making things and being creative and helping people. Like, even if I had that realization in another school, I do not think I would have, I would have the uh, guts, I guess, to apply to Emily Carr, go to art school, and um, pursue a more entrepreneurial kind of career, um, just because I was always told like, you go to university, you get a degree in something and you do that job until you die. And I've never really understood that way of living. And I've been introduced to a lot of people, um, like teachers at SAI and then other people who know teachers at SAI who have shown me that like life can look very differently. Than that, and it can be a lot more enjoyable than just nine to five until you die.
2: <laughs> yeah, wow, and that uh, you know we want that to spread, and we if Jeff had a magic wand, I know that he would wave it and make it so that every high school could could sort of operate with that um, with that approach at the core. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think I think about when you were saying, Alex, that people can do this. You know really no matter what school they're from, but they might be swimming upstream. I, I feel like it would be such a shame to see that people can become entrepreneurial or find their own path kind of almost despite the school system um, as opposed to because of it or be helped by it. And I, I think about the resources that you know every school has. They, they all have people who you know, have great like, connections and ideas and, and skills and all sorts of things, perspectives to offer. If they were given the structure and the freedom to offer it, um, I think it would be very, like, yeah, if I could wave the magic wand, it would be to create those structures so people would be freed from whatever it is they think it is they're supposed to be doing at school to help people become the people who they're supposed to be. Um, that's what we should be doing. Not, not I don't know what the, what the alternative to that is what you call it, but I don't think anyone's trying to stop, hold people back, but there's a like a safety kind of perception that if we just give everybody this very, very basic foundational kind of universal something or other that the other part will come somehow and sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't
2: yeah yeah it feels like uh, a you know size approach uh, is is more uh in line with looking after all parts all, all of what it means to be human right it's mm-hmm. not just academic at all it's, it's academic and it's social and it's emotional right like ava would you say well you early in the interview you were saying you you know you're having a hard time with your teachers and you know you you left home for a while so you know like has has size sort of shifted some things around inside you and put your feet on the ground in a different way
0: yeah I think I think most of the things I've learned at school have helped me outside of school as well Um, even just Uh, like, learning to ask myself questions has been really, really helpful for me. Um, Like, in every aspect of my life, like, I've been working part-time for a few years, you know, I've worked with plenty of people that I haven't really enjoyed working around, I've been mistreated by many customers, and and now, instead of being like, oh, that person is so rude, you know, I hate them, I'm like, well, why are they acting that way like there could be something happening in their life that i don't know about and like yeah i guess just learning to ask myself questions has been really really helpful and it's also helped me just learn to think about things differently in all aspects of my life and not just academically right on jeff
2: you're saving lives i just would like you to know this
1: <laughs> i don't know <laughs> about that i mean if it it feels funny because like watching people do all these cool things is like so great that I kind of feel like the other way around a little bit like it's um I don't know it it sort of makes you feel like it's sort of worth doing when you see people taking you up on the offer
2: yeah well I mean yeah I mean I just think about all the all the wasted potential seems like such a strong term but you know you think about all the people in high schools and middle schools across the continent and it's like yeah, like Jeff, you just articulated it a few minutes ago. There's, there, We're surrounded, schools are full of people with awesome hobbies, ideas, competencies, questions, curiosities, and yet we're sort of mired in this system that doesn't really capitalize on those uh, incredibly unique qualities that are additive to, to each other's experience.
1: It's really yeah. true. I, I'm, I'm always reminded by um, a friend of ours, John Abbott, who... Uh... Wrote a book about this, um, overschooled but undereducated. But he he always tells the story about how we undervalue what what youth are able to do, adolescents. Oh, yeah. He talks about Peter Puget, who Puget Sound is named after, who was um when he was 16 years old, he was Captain George Vancouver's first lieutenant who had to hire everybody, plan the route, uh provision the ship, oh. um, sort out the entire mission and journey. Um, and you know, we don't even let people like go out the building by themselves in some schools, you know, and it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, just Ava reminded me that when she's saying, she's been working part-time. Sometimes people have jobs that are incredibly demanding where they're really, I don't know, really offering quite a bit to the community and then they come to school and we kind of treat people like they don't know how to do anything. And I just feel like, you know, adolescence through time has been the age group where people have made really important changes to society. And sometimes I wonder about our last sort of 100 years or so, and if we've actually been preventing adolescents from from playing that role in our society um, to the degree that they used to and are probably supposed to.
2: Yeah, yeah, there's some pretty significant, like really weighty considerations here, right? Like, I think it was you who was telling me um, that adolescence historically is, you know, it's the time when the young will leave the tribe essentially and go and create a new community or almost like wolves right when they're ready yeah. to go they're like yeah see yeah I'm going to go and start my own pack yeah. and we really are preventing uh young people from doing that with this current system yes.
0: mm-hmm. I think a lot of people a lot of younger people just they're not receiving enough encouragement to actually kind of discover their interests or follow their interests if they even know what their interests are like I I, some of my friends, they're like, oh, I have this idea for something, but they have no idea how to make that, no idea how to go about it. They don't know anyone who's done anything like that. And so there's all these, these things kind of preventing them from doing anything innovative. And then they just continue to do the same things that other people do. And it's just, it's a shame.
2: Yeah. yeah and one of the things that Sai gives you is um, the, the knowledge of how to go about finding people to help you as you build your understanding, right? So Mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about the value of, uh, you know, learning how to go and find
0: mentors? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think I know that well how to find mentors. Like most of the teachers at school kind of point people in my direction, but I've learned how to actually um, initiate conversation with people about something that I'm trying to do and just learning how to communicate an idea to others has been really Um, beneficial for me to learn how to do because I'll have to continue to do that throughout my life um and I've I've been introduced to a lot of really really neat inspiring people um but yeah Jeff if you want to teach me how to find people that would be helpful
1: (laughs) that's next yeah (laughs) see you tomorrow
2: (laughs) fantastic um I, I, I'm just looking at our time. I feel like we've been here for 45 minutes and I, even though I could wow. sit and talk with Ava for another hour and a half, do we want to, um, t- touch on anything or ask anything before we break for the day?
1: I don't know. Ava, is there anything else that you think we should say before we, before we, I can't believe the time, that is really fast. That's that
0: was fast. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm not entirely sure. It's just that I'm really grateful for Sai and like. I just feel like I've learned so much from being there that it's hard to even explain everything that I've learned because not all of it has been like glaringly obvious. Mm -hmm. I've just learned a lot of skills from like doing them and I'm not even conscious that I'm doing them all the time. And yeah, I've just, I've learned a lot from being there in the past, like not even two years. It's been like just over a year and a half that I've been there. Um, but I feel like I've learned more from being there than all the years I spent in public school.
2: Oh, and that's saying something. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, people, you can uh, find out more about the Pacific School of Innovation and Inquiry at www.learningstorm.org. Um, and as always, uh, Jeff keeps the site up to date with lots of really good stuff that you can download and look at the models and look at the competency frameworks and just kind of get to know the the what makes this school tick and and uh, mm-hmm. and sets people like Ava up for really awesome learning. So. Ava, thank you so much for joining us today. It was really lovely to have you along for the ride. Thank you. It was very nice to meet you. Yeah, you too. All right. Thanks to both of you. That was fun. Yeah, thank you for inviting Ava, and we'll see you next week.
1: See you next time. (laughs) All right.